This is Road to Revival, a journey guided by the gospel to welcome the next spiritual great awakening of our time with your host, Wes Roth. It's a remarkable time to be alive. Technology is bringing us to horizons we've only dreamt of since we were children. We all have the ability to have artificial intelligence in our lives on any number of levels daily. Humans are contemplating and planning for expeditions to Mars in the near future. We are nothing if not sophisticated. It's remarkable to think that the cell phone in my pocket has more computing power than people could have dreamt of 40 years ago, yet here we are. In an instant, I can access vast troves of data and find out pretty much anything that I might want to know. With all of our sophistication, I have wondered frequently as to what place faith should inhabit in such busy and modern lives. At a different time in my own life, I wondered if the things I had held to in my youth spiritually were outdated, outmoded, and out of touch. I've seen so many people, like myself, wonder if deeply held spiritual passion was not worth a whole lot in the modern age. I did have to at least ask that question. But to be honest, I am very pleased and thankful where I was shown that the answers lay. John Wesley is known for founding the Methodist Church along with his brother, Charles. Charles was a fantastic hymn writer, known for penning many of the anthemic standards of the church at that time. His work has continued to be appreciated for over two centuries. John, when he was alive, was a gifted man and leader, able to organize people effectively and train them to lead just like he did. He was Oxford educated and known for the intensity of his personal discipline as he sought to reach out to God through the course of his early adulthood. What is striking about John to me and his journey into faith is how it came to fruition well after he had begun his ministry. He found little to sustain him through his day-to-day living, and his attempts to bring his body and senses under the authority of Christ often brought great frustration for him. His learning, his passion, and his forceful discipline were not the aids and comfort he had hoped that they would become. His rigid and sophisticated approach to mortifying the flesh, as he said, left him empty, driving him to distraction. It also drove him to a place of need, of crying out to God for relief through faith. Once, he witnessed that faith in the lives of children and their families on a journey across the Atlantic, and this left a deep mark on his life. Of all the things that he surrounded himself with, his disciplines, his rigid approach to God, his strong mind and gift for leadership, these things faded in the light of who God was and is and who God would be to John Wesley. When John Wesley approached the narrow gate, as it were, he came up short, unable to go through it with all of his own tools and gifts. Thus it was on May the 24th in the year 1738, in the evening while listening to someone read Martin Luther's preface to Paul's letter to the Romans, that John Wesley later said, About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, in Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. John Wesley, like all the rest of us, was not able to come to this place of refuge in Christ, assured of his salvation, with all of his gifts and accomplishments, and with all of the sophistication that his educated mind called for. When he came to Christ, he came simply He came poorly, and he came in need and in want of a refuge that could be what all of his own gifts and tools could not be or become. John Wesley needed a Savior. He found that Savior through the narrow gate, and Christ embraced him, warmed his heart, 
and began to change the world through John and through what he chose to do with him. When John left behind his sophistication and saw his need for the simple reality of faith, it was not denied him. It was not denied to me when I needed it. I am struck and amazed that it seems when we least expect it, Christ comes. In the middle of our day, in the midst of our business and sophistication, he comes. He comes to save. He comes to heal. He comes to restore. It was not belief that restored John. It was the mechanism of faith provided by God, just as the Apostle Paul stated in the New Testament. God will give it to those who ask for it. He leads us to that narrow door where we must come through essentially naked, leaving our own best behind. When we get on the other side of that gate and through that door, we find more than we imagine possible. We are given the promise of a life that is coming and the blessing of that life now. We do still suffer. We do still endure tragedy. And sometimes we fail and fall. But it is still Christ who is there. And he determines that he will indeed heal, restore, and resurrect. What it all boils down to is my own sophistication is worthless. It yields nothing. But faith, the the type of faith that comes from God, has been absolutely remarkable in my own experience. I am deeply, deeply grateful to God for answering the cry of my heart. So I hope you're encouraged by this today. Wherever you are, whomever you may be, whatever you're about, I hope you know that God sees you, He knows you, and he is willing to be there for you. I pray and ask that you, I pray to God and I ask God that you will find that moment with him where everything changes for you. May you find the Lord Jesus on the other side of the narrow gate. He is there waiting and he is indeed good. Amen. Thank you for listening to Road to Revival. God has said we can call out to him and he will show us great and mighty things that we do not know. Now is the time to call on his name. Join us for more podcast episodes and learn more by visiting RoadToRevival.com. Everybody here looking for